Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, the Project Management Drumbeat Meeting, Part 2. Here we go. Okay, so having the drumbeat meeting once a week, every week, right? The weekly status meetings. Right, and that's part of the drumbeat, right? Is We're going to have this thing every week, no matter every what. Every single yep. week. Okay, so having the meeting itself is useful, right? But there are some management behaviors during the meeting that, yeah. in our experience, really make a difference. So, yeah. And the first one is updating every missed deadline every week. Yeah. Without fail. And let's be clear, right? You and I both agree, drumbeat starts with the weekly meeting. If you just do that, folks, if you want to change yourself as a project manager, whether you're a manager managing your own projects, your staff reporting to you on projects each week in your staff meeting, or whether you're a project manager and you're running project staff meetings, you could you could decide, this is too much for me. I'm going to do these one step at a time. And the one thing I'm going to start with is I'm going to get over myself about only scheduling project staff meetings when I really need to get people's attention. Because I got I got to tell you, folks. That's not the way to do it, that you're not going to get attendance at those meetings. Suddenly, it's going to be everybody saying, I need one this week, or maybe let's wait, wait next week. If they don't think it's going to be a drumbeat, they're not going to do it. So you could literally say, week one, or you know, step one, I'm simply going to commit to having weekly update meetings, and I'm going to hear status from everybody, no matter what, a la our earlier guidance in another cast regarding project status reporting and so on. But you're right. If you really want to go the next phase, you do the, the managerial behavior of updating every missed deadline every week. And I don't know why. This is, in fact, part of the reason why Horseman's Law of Project Management came about. And I got to tell you, folks, this is where 90% of project management meetings or project meetings in general begin to fall down. What happens is deadlines are missed and they're not updated. And look, if I missed a deadline on Tuesday and it's Thursday and there's there was no pain on Wednesday, there's less than no pain on Thursday. Okay, what do you mean by updating deadline? I want to make sure we understand what that means. What happens when you update a deadline? You mean I've reported that my deadline has been missed or what do I do? Okay, let, let's be clear. First of all, I'm just going to say updating every missed deadline. If you can simply start doing this, and I'll define what I mean here in a second. If you can do this in every project meeting, you will notably accelerate the task accomplishments of the projects you're running and overseeing and or sponsoring. And it is task accomplishment that makes for project success, folks. It is. I don't care how sexy your project is. I don't care how much senior sponsorship it has. I don't care how much budget it has. Projects boil down to tasks being accomplished. That's it. People doing stuff on time. And the single biggest driver of behaviors and projects, in our experience, is deadlines. Okay. So you asked the question, what do we mean? And it's simple. It's simple. Dudes, it's so simple. And you, everyone knows this is true. All deadlines decay in terms of their motivational value the moment they pass. Whenever What we recommend here is whenever a task's deadline has passed, it is the project manager's responsibility to immediately assign that task a new deadline and communicate that deadline to the owner of the deliverable, period. And this simply doesn't happen. You know, tasks are delayed. We're waiting on someone. Dudes, if one of your people, if Mike's my project manager and I'm his logistics guy and I say, well, dude, we're not there yet. I'm waiting on marketing. They've got to get back to me with the budget numbers for next quarter. 
And so Mike says, okay, let me know when they're in. I'm off the hook. Hmm. If marketing takes a month, I'm good. The deadline's passed. You've told me it's okay. You understand that marketing's on the hook. We could go into the whole thing now about uh, about owning the inputs, which everybody wants. Oh, no, I, I did what I was supposed to do. I'm waiting on this other guy. I don't care. I don't care if you're waiting on some other folks. And folks, if you haven't listened to it, if you haven't heard this guidance, if you haven't downloaded, if you're an individual licensee, hear me now. You've got to go listen to Owning the Inputs podcast, the guidance where we say, if you're responsible for X and X requires you to get something from someone else, You can't blame your lack of doing X on someone else. You're responsible for X, and that means being responsible for everything that goes into X, no matter who is responsible for bringing that stuff to you. You own it. If you don't think you own the inputs, folks, you're never going to be anything more than small beer. You're only going to be given things that are trivially simple. And the fact is, the whole reasons organization exists is to allow specialization of labor so that one person could do something and begin to rely on somebody else. Now, you could say the other person doesn't have much reputation, but you're not going to be able to be the one person on a project who only has to do stuff that doesn't rely on anybody else but yourself. It's not going to happen. Or if it happens, it means you're very, very low on the totem pole, which is probably something you want to change. One of the worst things that can happen to a project is to start accumulating tasks with deadlines in the past. It's tantamount to saying, when you do this, if you're the project manager, it is tantamount to saying, guys, time and deadlines are unimportant on this project. And look, it's projects are so hard to begin with. Any communication we allow about the project that reinforces failure or weakness or timeliness doesn't matter or professionalism isn't that a big a deal, it's just a significant depressant on people's energies towards your project. It just is. Now, look, there's an assumption inherent in what we're talking about here that we have to address. In order to update every missed deadline, let's be clear, we must cover every recent deadline on the project and ensure accurate reporting on it. If there's a deadline that's passed in the last week, there are only three possible statuses. And look, you may use a different system, but most of us use a tree. It's either red, it's yellow, or it's green. If the deadline occurred on Tuesday and you're in a meeting on Thursday, there's only three possible outcomes of that task. Either it's red, it's not done, It's yellow, actually, if it was Tuesday. and Well, it might be green. I suppose in that case, it was Tuesday. It's either red or green. Either it got done or it didn't. But the point is, as a project manager, you can't leave tasks whose deadline have passed uncovered. Now, you don't necessarily have to cover them in the project meeting, but you have to know the status of all of your tasks. Now, I had a conversation with somebody. I was in Austin recently, and I, I shared with them that we were recording this cast, and they said, well... You know, we've got projects with a thousand tasks. As a project manager, I can't keep track of all of them. Hmm. I said, which ones do you keep track of? Oh, the big ones. What do you mean the big ones? Oh, the ones that have deadlines of like a month from now because they do a lot. There's a lot of work in that month. I'm like, (laughs) how big a project is this? It's like $850,000. I'm like, you have an $850,000 project as a sort of junior director in a not a big company and – you have tasks that last a month? He says, yeah, there's some things that just can't be broken down. Like, hmm. really? Really? I mean, okay. I, rem- I remember once a guy told me, Mark, heat treat takes 13 hours. I said, so why is the task for five days? Well, once it comes out of heat treat, then we got to do this, and we got to do this, and we got to do this. I said, well, let's at least have a task of putting it into heat treat. And he said, 
uh, you know, but that's not important. What's important is whether or not it passes the stress test when it comes out of heat treat and we do some non-destructive testing on it. I said, but in order to get out of heat stress test does, or heat, doesn't it have to go in? And he says, yeah. I said, well, let's measure that. Let's at least get it in. And then by, by definition, 13 and a half hours later, surely it will be done. Oh, yeah, it wouldn't stay any longer than 13. So we've got two tasks there, getting it in and getting it out in 13 hours. And then, by the way, it has to be handed off to the guys in non-destructive, right? Because they're going to x-ray it or some wild stuff that those guys do. Yeah, we could break it down, Mark, but I'm just afraid that people will think we're micromanaging it. Like, dude, this is how stuff gets done. This is how great projects get done. When NASA said to somebody, hey, we're going to put a person on the moon, they didn't say, hey, take a month and write some code. <laughs> they didn't. <laughs> they just didn't. There were daily, weekly, hourly check-ins. So, look, we've already covered project reporting, status reporting, and different guidance. Basically, the simple guidance here is to focus on the status of the deliverable as opposed to stories or progress or stories about progress or, up, hey, let me give you an update. Dude, I don't want an update. I want to know status. <laughs> is it red? Is it amber? Or is it green? I don't even care if the story involves a supermodel and a billion dollars. I'm a project manager and those things don't interest me. What interests me is project status. That's kind of my thing, status. Okay, call me Mr. Status. Call me Captain Status. Give me a hat and a shirt and a cape and call me Captain Status. Yeah, project managers aren't interested in supermodels because they can't get dates. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Now, see, I happen to be a big fan of project managers, folks. So when Mike says that, I'll, I'll defend you. I will. I happen to think that the great things in the world. I mean, look, all the great historic accomplishments in the world have all been projects. Yeah, yeah, like everything. yeah. It's a project. Now, they may not have been managed terribly well, but they're all projects. They're all a list of tasks that have to be done by people around a deadline. I suppose, hypothetically, some things in science weren't projects. Although I would bet Einstein probably said, I got to solve this thing and I got a couple of weeks to do it. Look, project meetings are not update meetings. That lets team members off the hook. Don't let people tell you stories about updates. We don't want people to tell us what they did. We don't want people to tell us what happened. We don't tell, want them to tell us what conversations they had. We don't want them to hear how interesting the problem was that caused them not to meet their status. What we want to know is what is the status. Now, look, I can tolerate, and we've, told, we've said this before in a different guy. I can tolerate some story after the status, but by gosh, I want status. So we focus on results versus activity deliverables versus effort. I know I've said this before, objectives versus actions. Don't expect your CEO to say we meant well, so therefore the market should give us money. The result of the, of the effort that you guys put in is a product in the marketplace. If it doesn't sell, you don't get money because you meant well, because you had a lot of activity, because you had a lot of effort, because you had a lot of actions, right? Objectives, deliverables, and results are what matters, what gets paid for in the marketplace. And we have to run our projects that way. We start with status first. That status is the result. It is the end state. It is the deliverable. It is the objective, not the action or the activity. Red, yellow, green, followed by some overview of the effort. Okay, so what happens? Deadlines are missed. It happens on every project that I'm aware of anywhere. This is where the effective project manager sets him or herself apart in the drumbeat meeting. When a deadline is missed, effective project managers immediately set a new deadline. Now, look, I report to Mike. Mike, I'm red. Apologize. I expected to get this stuff from marketing. I didn't. Now, let's say it's Thursday and I'm briefing Mike in the project meeting and I said it's red. And by the way, we'll have separate guidance at some point in the future, which shares that 
Mike can give me positive feedback for saying I'm red because I'm communicating the way he wants me to. You can actually give positive feedback about communicating red because, in fact, at least I'm talking status, which is what the project meeting is about, uh, at least at the beginning. The project meeting is about finding out status and then making decisions about next actions and communicating those things. Okay. But look, what happens when Mike hears, well, Mike, sorry, I didn't get what I want. Red, I'm red. Sorry, let me go back. Let me start again, Mike. Red, <laughs> marketing didn't give me what I want. And Mike says, okay. The first thing he says is, it's Thursday now. It's not done. And so rule number one, you set a new deadline sometime in the future. Don't set a deadline of in the past. Don't set a deadline of, look, Mark, you had until Tuesday. I'll give you until Wednesday now. Because the moment he says Wednesday, if it's Thursday, I'm like, well, I'm already red. So, and what we know is my motivation decays over time and I'm not going to get in any more trouble every day. Project managers are really bad at delivering punishment, not that punishment is a good motivator, because deadlines are further in the past. Because once I know I, the bullet doesn't hit me, if it doesn't hit me on the day it's due, it's going to miss me more often in the future. That's what we know about human behavior. So Mike sets a deliverable deadline to me sometime in the future. He said, Mark, you had a week, but I'm not going to give you a week now. I'll give you till Monday because he wants me to, mo- he wants to motivate me to go back to marketing and tell them, dudes, they gave me a new deadline, but it's your fault and it's going to be Monday. And if I don't know something by Friday noon, and I know you're not going to be working on Friday afternoon because you guys always go to the bar and have margaritas on Friday afternoon. I'm going to call my boss. I'm going to let my boss know that he needs to reach out and call you because I'm not getting it done. I don't care. I don't want to be red again on Monday. Because we're going to have a project meeting Tuesday morning. So you're giving me less time than I had for the previous deadline. If it's a week task, it's Thursday, you're, giving me, you're yeah. only giving me until Monday. Okay, what if it's a week task and I haven't gotten even done yet? I have a whole well, week's work. Okay. work. I feel bad, Mike. <laughs> I, I feel do. really bad. In I, fact, I'm, feeling I, I'm, I'm feeling crying it. a little bit right now. I'm crying. I, I, I don't know what to do. I feel so terrible for you that as a professional, you knew you had a week. You made choices that were antithetical to my project, why should I reward you with another week? Because you're a nice person? Because actually, I think I'm a pretty nice person. I think you should have rewarded me with a green status, but you haven't. So apparently, this is about me motivating you. You know, if you had a week to do the task before, even if you've done absolutely nothing, you get less time than you had previously. For a week-long task, maybe you get five days. For a one-day task, you get until noon the next day. Yeah, you don't get the same amount of time. Now, Now people will say, well, gosh, that puts me in a hard situation. Yeah, next time you'll work on my task and you'll know the deadline gets shorter and shorter every time. Okay, maybe I'll Less get time. it done on time, time next time. Less time. Okay, and so, yeah. the, so I, then I come back to you. By the on... way, the first time, let's be clear. Let's be clear though, dude. The, okay, I, I have two points for you here. The first one is a statement. The next one is a question. My first point is, dude, I gave you a week. I'm going to give you less time the next time. The first time I do this, People are going to think I'm a jerk. But why bother with deadlines at all? Do do we believe deadlines are important? I mean, isn't there some sort of critical path here? Isn't there a a PERT chart or something that says something about dependables and deliverables and so on and dependencies and dependables, sorry, dependencies (laughs) and that's a combination of dependencies and deliverables, I guess. Dependable. Yeah, I, I was I was going to overlook that, but <laughs> yeah, you're going to overlook it. But I stumbled. I apologize, folks. Um, look, I mean, either deadlines matter or they don't. I, I got to tell you something. They matter. There are places to say, ah, oh, you know, we're about creativeness. I got to tell you, the places that say they're really creative and deadlines don't matter, they get buried. 
99 times out of 100. There are rare exceptions when the idea is really good, but very few of us have really, really, really good ideas. The vast majority of companies that win in the marketplace win because they deliver on time or because they have a professional approach. And even though they do miss some deadlines, they still know time matters. And a great idea that never gets delivered because everybody's got more great ideas and we're just going to add more and more stuff to this project and it never gets done. Somebody else takes all the money in the marketplace before you can deliver. So always give less time. If something was a three-day task, it's Monday, they didn't get it done by Thursday, say you've got until Monday morning or you've got until Friday afternoon. And when somebody says, geez, you know, you're you're being rude or mean. Yep. Oh, sorry. On my projects, we absolutely believe in deadlines. And I know you can do it. And if you need my help, let me know. If you need to make a phone call, I'll make a phone call. But you don't get as much time again. The moment you start giving the same amount of time is the moment people say, I got a free pass on the first deadline because he's going to give me the same amount of time next time. Right? Okay. So, okay. So, I'm grumbling a little bit. Before we go on, though. I got a I got a question for you though. Oh yeah, I was trying to you've avoid that. Okay, go ahead. You've done yeah, you you've done this a hundred times in At technical least. organizations, which is where we get a lot of pushback on this. Oh, Mark, you don't understand. Writing code is not that simple. Or you know, software quality assurance, Mark, not that easy. Or you know, there are operational issues and we've got to have a test environment. Setting up a test environment's not trivial trivial, and we gotta put it in operations, you know, and we gotta put it in production, and that's not an easy thing. You flip that switch, stuff could happen. So I know there are people who are listening to me right now who say, yeah, Mark's, you know, in fact, we had a note recently. Mark's kind of a sales guy. Right. It's all true. It is difficult. The fact of the matter, though, is on projects, it never gets less difficult as the project goes on. <laughs> right. So, Thank you. so right. as soon as you start, you know, overlooking deadlines and giving people slack at the beginning of a project, it's almost guaranteed yep. that you're going to miss the end of the project. Right. So, You have to be death on this stuff at the beginning if you're going to have any hope of being successful and getting the project done on time. And I guess there are in some places you can get away with it. But in my experience, there's somebody depending on the project getting done, right? It's just we're just not doing this for the sake of it. There's a marketing release or there's there's an announcement to the public or there's something. There's some significant impacts for your organization if, in fact, that project doesn't get in on time. So you got to start out strong and, and keep on it. Yeah, that's not let, your let question. Let me do something we've sure. never done. No, that, that was the question. I wanted some of your technical chops. I mean, at the end of your executive career, you were managing a billion dollars worth of capital for technical projects and business projects for a huge corporation. And sometimes the technical people go, Mark doesn't really understand. Well, yes, Mark does. But okay, if you can't hear from me, you can hear from Mark, Mike, who's smarter than me on this stuff. But I, I want to try something here, Mike, that we've never done before. Okay. okay. I'm going to offer a year's worth of an individual license to the first person who can send us an email based on our judgment of when it comes in and our judgment of whether or not you're right about why, when I talk about this, as it relates to projects, this particular cast, this particular part of the cast, why I think of the Harrison Ford movie, Air Force One. You see if you can do that. Mm, Okay. And I'm not going to say anything more. Right. Okay. And you can take it out. You can take it out of my pay, buddy. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> and then you owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's cold. Okay. Look, next. Okay. You give less time than the previous deadline. But, okay, let's go further. The moment you know that a deadline's missed, you assign a new deadline. The next thing you do is you make sure the deadline has less time than you previously. The next thing you do is you check on the task with the new deadline with more frequency than other tasks. A missed task does not get put on the back burner only to be checked on when the new deliverable comes in. 
Okay. Tasks that weren't done on time the first time are potentially ticking time bombs. Everybody says they're busy. Everybody says everything's interrelated. And yet we allow these tasks to stay like zombie-like for weeks and months. And then people begin to realize maybe it wasn't that important at all. And then they start questioning the validity of the entire project plan as well. So you've got a ticking time bomb. More attention from management encourages that task and its dependent tasks and its owner to get back on a reasonable timeline. Yes, this is you managing more assertively other people's work. Even if you don't have managerial authority, you guys say to them, hey, listen, I gave you three days on that. What's the status now? And of course, they're going to have to say, well, it's still red or, well, I'm green, but I'm worried. So I may need to be yellow. Okay. I love that. Okay. What can I do to help? A seasoned project person or an executive seeing a project with delays scattered throughout it. And what's worse actively decaying delays, in other words, missed deadlines that don't have new deadlines attached to them, immediately assumes that that's a project headed to an early death. And at that point, if there are four or five projects in your organization that are headed to an early death in the minds of the executives, now they get to pick and choose which one they think they can revive. And if they're a high eye and they've been distracted by something shiny, they may not revive any of them. And you're managing projects that are never going to get revived. That doesn't look good for you. So people say to me all the time, well, I'm worried that I'll upset people, Mark. And, and look, folks, I don't want you to upset people. You can be as sweet as pie and assign new deadlines and be direct about it. You don't have to be a jerk. You can be polite and say, I want to help you with this. And here's the new deadline. And I get to pick deadlines, by the way. And when he says, I can't do it. So, well, okay, but you're going to be reporting rad again when you miss it. And there aren't that many individuals on projects who just say, well, it's fine. I'm not going to do anything because I know I'm going to miss it. So I don't care. Make them say that in public a few times. See how that helps their career. Yeah, exactly. Help me understand. Say it's doing Thursday, right? It's a week-long task. You gave it to me last Thursday. It's it's uh, or you gave it to me last Wednesday. It's now Thursday. You're gonna give it till Monday. You missed. I missed, right? Uh, maybe. Maybe depends. Depends on the task. I I got to use some professional judgment, and I and frankly, I would defer to a lot of people in their respective ex- industries about what they would consider to be a shorter deadline. Some some legitimately, there might be some people that I trust them and they would say four days. I'd be like, oh, you know, okay. But, but okay, I'm sorry I interrupted. Go ahead. Your question is what? Yeah. So what if, so what if you're thinking, uh, you know, you get two more days and I'm thinking I need four, right? So are you just going to yeah. arbitrarily give me two? That or? happens. Yeah. No. Look, there's nothing wrong with a bit of negotiation and more negotiation is reasonable depending upon the level of responsibleness of the team member. I might be thinking two. You might be thinking four. I'm the project manager in this case. If you previously had five, I might compromise and give you three. Now, look, when they ask for five, tell them no. And stop discussing it and hold them accountable for a three-day deadline. Even if they don't agree with the deadline, the shorter deadline will cause them to prioritize their work differently. And if I need it in three days, and I give a deadline of three days, but my best guy says, I just can't do it in three, but I guarantee you, you'll have it in four. And this is a guy I've worked with for years. I'll give him four because I don't want to make him red when he brings it to me on the fourth day. Now, if he's weak, if he's not a performer, if he's saying, I just can't do it in three, you got to give me four, got to give me four, got to give me four. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, it's impossible. I don't know. I, I, I. No, sorry. Three. I'm sure I'm going to be red. Okay. You'll be red and you'll stand up in project meeting and you'll say you're red. And people will blame me for being Attila the Hun and 
maybe you'll figure out how to get it done in three days because creativity is amazing when you recognize that there's a negative reinforcer coming in terms of you standing up and saying, I'm red. Again, they don't have a lot of legs to stand on here because they agreed initially with yeah. the with the five day deadline. So, in fact, yeah. they're getting more time than they yeah. did originally. Yeah, and what they say is, "Well, I had I had five days. I need five more." No, dude, no. you now I've now given you eight, and you said you only needed five. Well, but five were already passed. Should have thought of that before you let the five go by, right? Now I'll tell you where where I get a little soft on this. The project manager comes to me and goes, "Mark." I'm not an expert on Java or Ruby on Rails, right? And this guy is the expert, and he's saying, I can't do it in less than two days. Now, look, there is a choice you have to make when you look in the eyes of somebody, and I believe, frankly, that the choice too often is made based on the perception of someone's technical chops. And by the way, I'm not saying that's not important. It has been my experience, however, that the better choice is not whether or not somebody is technically competent, but what kind of track record they have and how much of a professional they are. And there are plenty of technically technically gifted people who are doing, and when I say technical, I simply mean that they have a level of expertise that you can't reproduce and you believe that they would be a better judge of the level of effort involved in accomplishing something. But there are too many people who project managers consider to be technical experts who, in fact, are not professional about their work. Now, th- there are certainly people in all kinds of walks of in the technical world that, that they say, well, really what I do is art and not science, and so you can't measure it. And I say, well, you know, my thought now at this point in my life, over 50 years old and having a lot of experiences managing a lot of projects, my thought is, mm, okay, I can actually manage it. You, you manage it. You may, you may disagree, but frankly... I'm going to, it's my job and I'm going to, and this is the decision I'm going to make. And we might be in tension for a good part of the project. And if you and I are in tension with one another, sir, and the project is delivered on time, I can live with that. My job as a project manager is not to avoid tension. It's to achieve success. Would I prefer to achieve success and have harmony? You bet I would. I don't believe I can have credible harmony with people. If I'm constantly rolling over and accepting what anybody tells me and my experience has been, I'm, I'm sorry, but my experience has been, and folks feel free to write me, be nice. Um, cause some of you are smarter than me, but my experience has been that as much as people decry project managers, putting buffers in, and by the way, you don't hear us talking about putting in buffers. If somebody says they need three days, I'm not suggesting I want it in two days just for a buffer. I'm trying to manage the project. But in fact, I see a lot more individuals padding their deliverable times than project managers doing it. I'm not saying project managers don't, but I don't. You tell me it'll take three days. If I feel I can need, I, I can have it in three days, you got three days. But by gosh, when we agree on three days, you better deliver for me. Or uh, now look, I can't fire you. I'm only a project manager. You don't work for me. On the other hand, I'll not forget. You said you'd have it in three days. You haven't. And you're gonna have to dig yourself out of that hole. And by the way, if I tell you, you can have three more days, I can fight off the executive sponsor. Dude, I know. I'll tell him we're red, but I'll promise him we'll be green in three days. If you don't deliver on that, that's not cool. Or if I say I can get you three more days and then I don't and come to you and say the executive's going to fire me unless you get it in two, then you can hold that against me as well. So yeah, it's okay to negotiate. It is. Depends on the quality of the person, depends on their professionalism, your knowledge of their, their veracity, their candor, 
their abilities. It's it's a judgment call. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if we could eliminate judgment from management? That'd be lovely. Of course, we'd all be out of a job. So yeah, a negotiation, sure. And then trust, but verify. And look, big picture, we cannot overemphasize enough the importance, the power of resetting deadlines. Folks, a deadline that has been missed with no consequences beyond the PM asking about it and that has not been reset is going to the decay to the point of decrepitude. You will have a corpse on your hand in no time at all. This is why project managers are so afraid of decaying deadlines. They give overly generous deadlines in the beginning of a project, which then causes a different inefficient and ineffective behavior, which is the absence of effort on the project tasks. And what ends up happening is other deadlines drive people's behaviors. We don't want that. No. No, we don't. <laughs> Second major behavior in these these meetings, make every, and by every I think you mean every, decision every, every week. Yeah. What, what do you mean by that? Okay, this is really where the Project Drumbeat meeting came from years ago. I learned that all the executive sponsors – who got all of their projects that were sponsored delivered, shared one common behavior. This is manager tools. It's all about behavior. And it wasn't the guys that had the sexy projects. It wasn't the guys that had the biggest budgets. It wasn't the executives that really had better relationships. They simply knew that they wouldn't have said it this way, but they simply knew that Horseman's Law of Project Management matter, who does who mattered, who does what by when, and they were going to be certain that they were not a reason why the project didn't get things done on time. And so these executives would say, I'm going to use my role power. And by the way, most people like sponsors, oh, we have to go brief them and they have to be happy and everything else. The really good executive sponsors feel like a part of the team and recognize that their role in the team is making decisions. And the great ones said, you can count on me. You'll never go longer than a week without a decision from me. I may not have everything I need to do to make a decision, but I personally commit to you, I will make a decision on this. And actually, the first time I saw it, I didn't realize what was happening. And the guy told me, he says, look, this is just a simple effect of me working at GE years ago when I had workout I had to do. And I'm not going to go into workout right here, but basically, you know, executives had to stand up in front of a team of people in a plant somewhere and defend a decision or a process. And if they didn't have a good defense for it, process got changed. And these executives realized after 20 or 30 process changes that seemed sacrosanct in the beginning, but people had better ways of doing things, nothing bad happened. Processes were changed and the place didn't fall apart. And these executives suddenly realized speed could be an enormous advantage. And speed and, and Jack Welch's comment about boundarylessness, which is a really awkward word, but very interesting when you get down into the details. It goes to diversity and communication and all kinds of other stuff as well. It really addresses speed in the marketplace because uh, boundaries slow things down. These executives realized, we just need to make decisions. And we're going to be wrong some of the time. But look, frankly, they would say to me, I've been wrong before after waiting months. And frankly, when I wait that long, it's not because I'm figuring it out. It's because it hasn't risen to the level that I need to make a decision. And I've been on projects. They all say the same thing. I've been on projects when the senior people didn't do what they were supposed to do. And we would bust our tail. We'd have all the stuff sitting in front of them. They go, hey, okay, thanks. I'll get back to you. And three weeks later, nothing. It was a total slap in the face. So this part, making every decision every week, is the hardest and best part of the drumbeat meeting. 
When you're on a successful project and the senior executive sponsor makes a commitment to not be the biggest cause of delay in a project, and he or she says, you can count on me every week. If you need X or Y, I'll pick one. may not be always right, but we're going to make decisions and we're not going to delay. Unbelievable the difference it makes in a project. Effective project sponsors feel like they're part of a team. They know they have a role in keeping the project on time and on budget. Lousy sponsors act as if everybody else should do what they expect them to. And then when it comes to their part, the decisions, the political asks of other people in the division or elsewhere in the company, the knocking down of roadblocks, the holding some team members' feet to the fire, right? Nothing. By the way, nothing wrong with being a project manager and turning to the executive sponsor and saying, I'm having trouble with this guy over in this other area. Would you mind making a phone call? No problem, dude. Got it. 15 minutes later, you call back. He should be squared away. And next thing you know, that guy you've been having problems with, no more problems. <laughs> It's yeah. nice. Now, you might say to yourself, wow, that sounds kind of Machiavellian. That's not Machiavellian, folks. That's me leveraging my relationship with the executive sponsor and getting the executive sponsor to do what, frankly, he or she shouldn't have to do, which is asking someone to get off their butt and do what they said they were going to do anyway, since they own the deliverable and it's due. In fact, it's past due. Right? So, look, all the things, ability to move budgets, all that stuff, lousy ones. They don't even realize they have a role in a project. Great project sponsors come to meetings, listen to this now, ready to make decisions, willing and able to make decisions, even if they don't know everything they need to know. They don't shy away from decisions. They know there's a trade-off. This is so important. They know there's a trade-off between a fully informed decision and a speedy decision. The best sponsors choose speed-driven decisions. And that, that's probably the wrong word. Time-sensitive decisions is probably better virtually every time. They absolutely believe there's a case to be made for a better decision next week. No question about it. You could have more information. You could feel, you could reduce your risk. Although there's a point of diminishing returns, folks. And most people say, no, there's really not. And if I can get to 99% certainty rather than 98, why wouldn't I? Well, if it takes another month, it's expensive. That's why. But effective project sponsors, and by the way, by extension, this can be effective project managers. They know if they wait another week, they'll have more information. They understand it, but that thinking implies that a decision now can be compared purely on its merits to a decision you're going to make next week, irrespective of the time differential between a decision now and a decision next week. But folks, do some decision theory stuff. That's a false comparison. All decisions that are made a week or a month later than another decision are essentially a fundamentally different decision. And they're generally less effective because they hold up activity, which is what's the precursor to results. The delay you have in making a, quote, better, unquote, decision, better only implies that, theoretically, this decision has less risk. But it's less risk with more time. And time is a risk. The delay is a cost one has to apply to a decision you make later. The later decision essentially carries with it additional cost burden that is often less than the cost of an earlier decision that is wrong. So you say, well, I can make a better decision next week. Only if the definition of better is in a vacuum, which we are not. Rule number nine, embrace reality. And listen, seriously, this is going to be hard for some of you because sponsors want you to wait and they want to know more data and all this sort of stuff. But folks, why are you the project manager if you're going to be making wrong decisions? Do you not trust yourself? Trust me, every project I've ever been on, the project manager and individuals in it all made wrong decisions. 
far better to make wrong decisions early and act on them than go, oops, that was wrong and change it. I mean, how many times, Mike, have we said to ourselves and talked to clients and we talk about iteration, right? In fact, I think years ago, this could be not true for some of you who are listening, but I know in my experience, I believed doing something fast, this was particularly when I was in the army, if it was going to be messy, I didn't want to do it because it wouldn't be right. But if you think I'm trying to make the right decision, most people wouldn't say that the word iteration goes along with that. Well, it's because iteration implies you're going to get it wrong the first time. Iteration says, we just want more results sooner. We're willing to try it and then be 80% of the way there, figure out very quickly we are 80 or 75 or 85% of the way there, make some adjustments, and then we're going to be at 98 rather than waiting week after week after week. It's the difference between ready, fire, aim, or ready, aim, fire, and ready, aim, 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 aim. Yeah. And you'll probably still be wrong at the end anyways, if you wait that long, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it'll be a different form of wrong, right? You may in fact make the right decision and get no value in the marketplace, which essentially is a form of wrongness. Or you may make a wrong decision and just be very sure of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I never thought about it that way and very sure of it and delayed. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now look, folks, this is not to say there's not a time for reflection. There is. There is. But in our experience, the time for reflection is long past when one is managing a project that has multiple team members and is important for the organization. The delay we create in the middle of the project trying to make a decision is a cost. We have to be better and be willing to accept the risks of a wrong decision, a wrong early decision, by recognizing delay is just a different form of wrong. Now, look, we understand, again, that some of you are naturally inclined to wait, to gather more data, to make sure, to not want to waste effort on working on a wrong decision. When you can, look, you want to take a little bit more time. You want to be certain. We respect your inclinations. And there is a time for those inclinations. But it's not when the project has already kicked off. The problem with you delaying when the project's already kicked off is twofold. First, whatever decision you make now is going to be made less important over time. We've worked with a couple of project teams at the same time, working on roughly similar projects, same infrastructure, and one said, oh, we have to choose technology A and not technology B. Clearly, it's got to be A and not B. B will not work. A is the only choice, et cetera, et cetera. On the other team, you know what they were saying? Oh, we must choose B. A simply will not work. And both projects ended up being successful. Yeah. Yeah. In in my experience, that's just people who are proselytizing for the technology or for the approach that they like normally. They don't really have a proof that this will work and that won't work. Right. Look, I got to tell you something. You weren't there at the time that this happened, Mike, but I know you've heard about it. I remember the first time I was ever in what was a precursor for my understanding of the drumbeat meeting of an executive sponsor saying, we're going to, we're going to move forward every darn week. I'm going to make decisions. I'm not delaying this. Mr. Project Manager, if there's a delay, tell me who's delaying it. That's what great executive sponsors do, right? Let me go down and talk to him or her, right? And look, I was the personnel officer of an artillery battalion that Mike joined later. We were getting ready for a huge field evaluation. You you may have been there at this time, but I don't think you were in the battalion staff meeting when this event happened. No, I, I wasn't at those lofty levels at that time, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Basically, my boss, the battalion commander, came into a meeting determined to break the logjam that we had. We were all fighting amongst ourselves. Too many dependent factors. Couldn't make a decision. We can't, we, we can't do X because X depends on Y and nobody's told us what Y is yet. We can't do W because we were told we can't do that until we get approval on the budget for X. And that's in the general's office. I mean, boy, a bunch of adults, intelligent people who really wanted to be successful and knew we get in trouble for not making decisions and could not make a decision. Lots of smart people not moving forward. But of course, we really weren't paralyzed. We could have made a decision. We just didn't like the risk associated with making that decision that might turn out wrong later. And our boss, we think would have killed us and required some kind of rework after the fact. And so we blamed our lack of action and mine included folks, absolutely mine included on the uncertainties we were aware of. And then in comes Colonel Texera executive sponsor, essentially, and the leader, the commander of our battalion. And he said, nope, don't worry about why. I think it's going to be this. And even if it isn't, we can afford to wait on the work that needs to get done. We'll have to redo it if I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. Damn it, I'm not wrong. <laughs> and you believed him, of course. And then he says, and hey, I can get the budget approval for X. Do W. If I don't, I'll steal it for somewhere else. Get busy. <laughs> I, re- I remember going, oh my God, he's amazing. And I didn't realize it at the time. I, I wish I had. But I remember thinking later, it was probably a year later after we had gone from worst to best and you and I had experienced just nirvana in a unit. And I said to myself, I think I just saw Alexander the Great untie the Guardian knot with one fell swoop of his sword. It was just amazing. And look, we had good people, Mickey Harden and Dave Lynch and other good guys, Bart and Robert. We had smart guys that that ended up leading our unit to greatness. And the colonel came in and just made it happen. And he did that every week. He said, I'll make decisions. I don't have any problem making decisions. And, and let me tell you something. When I make a bad one, it's really bad. Yeah. Well, that's what all great executives do, right? That's what they do. Yeah. And what they say is, and I get better every time I make a decision right or wrong because I find out whether it's right or wrong and I learn from it. And the best way to get better is to make lots of decisions and not to wait. It's what great executive sponsors do. They make decisions. They make under, make decisions understanding that more time would be better, could be better, but that time usually is the enemy of effectiveness. The idea that, quote, more time, unquote, leads to, quote, better unquote, decisions is generally disputed by the experience of effective project sponsors and effective project managers. So bottom line, project sponsors come to meetings ready to make decisions. They know they might be wrong and that might cause some of the work to be redone, but it's always a boatload less work than everybody says it's going to be because they make good decisions and it's still better than waiting. They say to everybody on the project, I guarantee you that every week, Every decision we need to be made for work that week will be made. You don't have to wait around for me. You won't, period. This causes project team members to not slack off on the other work they're doing, knowing that the decision that will be the next step won't get made anyway. That's what happens all the time. Oh, look, they're never made a decision this week. So even if I'm green on this stuff, it doesn't matter. And so I could put this off. I'm willing to be read because we're going to be read by the entire project next week when the executive sponsor hasn't gotten a decision to us. But if you work for, if you're on a project with the right executive sponsor, or for that matter, the right project manager, he says, nope, we're going to make a decision every week. And if you're red and you're holding up the decision that I make, you're going to definitely get a short deadline. People know that. They're aware of that. It changes their behavior on the project. And look, effective sponsors and project managers know that sending a message that says, we will always wait to ensure we're making the right, quote unquote, decision 
almost guarantees that a project is going to be delayed forever and ever and amen. The risk that speed brings with it on projects is almost always mitigated by forecasted problems becoming unrealized and an increased attention to deadlines and speed in the day-to-day activity of the project. Basically, saying we're going to do this causes people to stick the knitting and stay focused and realize that tasks and deadlines are associated with professionalism and the absence of it is going to be made aware. Other people are going to be made aware of it. The message that deadlines and decisions matter is a huge advantage, particularly when it's, it's drum-beated every week. Huge advantage felt throughout a project that uses the drumbeat approach. And again, I'm going to just say it again. I know some of you are hearing this and go, oh, I'm not a colonel. And say, well, but look, you can do this even if you're the only the project manager. When there are issues, decide. Yeah, it's harder for you as a PM than a project sponsor. And they're probably going to be better at the decision than you are. Yeah, I agree. They will be. But how are you going to get better decisions if you don't start making them? How you do that is you make them. That's how you get better. And there's risk. Earlier in your career, there's more risk, although your decisions probably won't have as much risk as the executive sponsor's decisions. One of the risks, too, is delay, which is a far bigger risk than everybody seems to care to talk about. Beat the drum every week, and you'll drive a project team to approach your project with a tempo that'll lead to success. I hate to carry the analogy too far, but it's the difference between harmony and cacophony. Simple as that. There you go. So, run weekly status meetings, folks. Don't shy away from them. Don't think you're going to be a loved project manager by saying, I'm not going to do project status meetings. You might be loved, but you're being effective. You've got to choose. Choose effectiveness. I don't think we've ever said choose being feared over being loved. We don't recommend you be feared. We'd love you to be loved. We just don't want you to be loved and ineffective. If you have a choice between love and effectiveness, choose effectiveness. You start being effective, the right people will love you. Trust me. Okay? Update every one of your missed deadlines every week. Don't let a deadline decay. The moment it's been missed... Set a new deadline, less time, and make sure you start making decisions every week. Earlier decisions are smaller decisions. You can adjust along the way. Look, a decision is a task for a project manager or for a sponsor. If you can delay your decisions, everybody else can delay their tasks too. And look, we know this sounds simple. It's As we say, it's so clear in the map, so clear in the mind. But these recommendations call upon one of the fundamental levers of managers, which is discipline. That's why it's a drumbeat meeting. The best music in the world without a tempo, without a clear pace, it's disharmonious, it's dissonant, it's cacophonous. You as the project manager must create and maintain the discipline that all projects have every week, every time. It's up to you. Wise words. Thanks, my friend. My pleasure, partner. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you next week. In the meantime... Have a great one. So long, folks.